Welcome to the Spacemakers podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Gates. Here we are doing our last episode of the season. I really can't believe we've now released 23 episodes this year. We'd like to thank everyone who has listened, engaged, and made space with us. We've now had over 27,000 streams from 70 different countries. We are blown away by the responses to this podcast and are so, so grateful to God and to all of you. We've learned so much from our guests, from our listeners, and from walking through faith deconstruction together. I think I can speak for all the spacemakers when I say that this experience has really changed our lives. Since this is the season finale, I'm going to assume you've listened to episode zero and at least a few of our episodes along the season before listening to this one. I don't think it'll make as much sense hearing this ending if you haven't joined us throughout our journey. For this episode, the seven of us got on a Zoom call for the first time in a long while since our schedules have been crazy with life stuff, and we're just going to talk. We'll cover what we learned from doing this podcast, how it's impacted our relationships with God, and at the end, we'll fill you guys in on how it's impacted and changed some of our relationships with church and the ICOC. We'll also be filling you in on our plans for the next season. And since this episode is going to contain a lot of vulnerable personal stories and thoughts, I'm going to ask you to make sure you've listened to episode three before this one, which talks about listening with empathy. We're going to be sharing our perspectives, our experiences, and it doesn't mean that we're telling everyone what to do or to do what we're doing or to think like we think, but we just ask that if you don't agree with what we're saying or if it makes you uncomfortable, that that doesn't affect your desire for making space for us and people like us. This is the longest episode we've released, so let's get to it. back with all seven of the space makers on one zoom call which has been really difficult because we've been getting really busy um grad schools jobs starting businesses crazy some people start dating all this crazy life stuff that's happened since the beginning of our podcast and it's so good to like finally be here together um i just love these people so much so this is exciting Um, But yeah, so basically what we wanted to do is we wanted to just kind of update everybody about kind of where our lives are going and what we've learned throughout the process of the podcast. Um, And since we've done this deconstruction episode, we also want to kind of talk about reconstruction and how that looks different for every one of us and how we're trying to figure all that stuff out. And then even just talk about a little bit about, you know, what our plans or our thoughts are for the future of space makers. So we're just going to be, this is going to be a very like conversational, um, kind of catch up, (laughs) um, episode. This is the final episode. I forgot to add that. This is the finale (laughs) of the season one, which is so, so crazy. Um, and we definitely want to thank everybody who's been listening and keeping up with us this thing kind of blew up and became a lot bigger than we ever imagined. And so we're super grateful for the community that has formed because of it. But yeah, we're just going to basically get into it. 
So everybody, hello. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with a pretty vague question. You guys can take this however you want. Um, obviously you can include personal stories for where you're at, wherever you feel like is natural. And, um, you know, you guys, I know that everyone will have different comfortability in terms of how much, you know, you want to share of your private life or your life in terms of where you're at with God or church and stuff like that. But just since, I, I feel like so much has changed since the beginning of the podcast with us. Um, the way that we view things, the way that we approach things, even just our life situations. So I'm just going to open it up with a question of how has this podcast impacted your life? Um, because I think, you know, we get some feedback for like, oh my gosh, this episode was so good and it impacted me this way, blah, blah, blah. But for us, it's like, we've been in all the, the episodes and you know, helping to make it and all this stuff. And so I guess for you personally, how has making this podcast kind of impacted you as a person? Um, so this is Sebastian, everyone. Uh, I think it's been a while since I've said stuff on this podcast. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway for me, um, from this podcast, or I think the thing I'm taking away is adulthood as cheesy as that may sound, but I really do think that when I look back at, you know, when we started, which I think was about 12 months ago, 15 months ago ish, something like that. Um, and now I'm a different person. And I think we had to really start owning our beliefs and we really had to start standing up for them in ways that have been like very, very difficult to be honest, like having to talk to people with a lot more experience about our takes is very, very difficult and challenging. And I think I had to learn how to like claim my like audience while also knowing my place. And I think that is a lesson that I'm very, very grateful for just understanding this balance of, well, yes, I don't have that much experience, but I still have important things to share. Um, and I really do think this podcast has allowed me to just kind of and really be confident in those things I have to say. And it's been an incredible journey. I think it's been a difficult journey. Um, and I think also one other thing that I've taken away is just holding myself to the highest possible standard. Um, just because I do think, because we are talking a lot about, you know, topics that people have a lot of opinions about, people also tend to take things we say and take them by face value, which obviously I understand why, but I've had a lot of conversations where people kind of took one thing I said at one point in the podcast and kind of twisted it or just kind of use that as a standalone statement and kind of learning how to navigate that as well. And, you know, really, again, to just have the maturity to deal with these kind of situations is something that this podcast has given me. And I'm very grateful for that. And I think um, I speak for all of us when I say, I think we all kind of got the adult a little more through this. And, um, obviously we're not at the end of that journey, but I do think this, um, podcast has contributed very majorly to that. Yeah, I agree with everything Seb said. This is nay. Um, I don't know. I think when I think it like the podcast, when it started, I agree with Seb that 
I am not the same person at all than um, when we started. And I think a lot of it is that we definitely didn't think that it was going to blow up like it did. Um, And then you're forced to have all of these eyes on you that you didn't really ask for. And I know that my lifeline girls can also atone to that feeling of um, you now have um, an audience and more responsibility than um, you thought you would. And, you know, I think it definitely causes you to really look and analyze your own faith and your own convictions to make sure that you come correct because everybody has an opinion and we hear all of your guys' opinions, you know, (laughs) Um, we do read comments. We do listen. There's been so many talks with um, different leaderships, different churches, things like that. You know, this has really affected all of our lives personally in a way. Um, I know that, you know, it's surreal. I, you know, went to my best friend's wedding and people there recognized me um, just by my voice. And it was like, oh, wow, like that is the craziest thing that has literally ever happened to me. Um, but I think it just goes to show that people really um, resonate with what's being said and what our guests have to say and things that, you know, need to be talked about. And there's been so much healing with this. And I know for me personally, it's been very healing um, for me to be able to hear from um, different um, experts and whatever, you know, we're talking about to really hear their perspective and their deep convictions and to hear why, but honestly, the most healing part of that, um, and this is kind of talking to people who have authority over other people in church, you know, spiritual settings, whatever, it was very healing for them to also make me feel like they're hearing me if that makes sense. And I thought that that was very, very important and something that I take just in talking to people on a daily basis is how important it is for other people to feel like they're being heard, you know, because I know how it made myself feel um, and how it makes all of the listeners feel, you know, Um, but I'm really, really grateful to be part of this process and to have been, um, I have new best friends now. I did not know Isabel or Devin when we started. (laughs) I didn't know Alex, you know, you know, and now I have friends in so many different places and, um, really quality people. So I'm really, really, um, grateful. And I'm grateful for the spiritual growth that it's kind of forced me to have so that, like I said, so that I can come correct. Thanks guys. Um, Alex here. Yeah, well, it's been quite a journey. And I think it's it's funny because we seem to be at like a pivotal moment in the world, in our movement, in church, in our lives. Um, so it's kind of crazy, all this stuff going on at once. Um, but it has been so encouraging, this this process and, and being part of this group, um, getting to know everyone better. It's really made me think. Um, and and see a bigger picture. I think something that I've appreciated a lot is <clears throat> when I get caught up in or overwhelmed in my day to day life. You know, it's it's kind of scary to, you know, we we look at ourselves, we see the the small things, and we kind of freak out. But zooming out and seeing, oh, I'm part of this group, um, and seeing, oh, actually, there are people across the world thinking about these things who have these questions and are actually 
coming to similar conclusions on on a lot of things um and and even just thank you for for you as a listener to get to this point i'm sure you've been wrestling with these things um you've had to think about where you've come from and and where you want to go um and i think yeah we we don't have the answers and i hope that was clear all along like i don't think anyone in the group came in kind of saying oh i'm here because i'm qualified because i know the answers because i'm an expert in, in any particular area it's funny like i think our first call was like okay we're just a bunch of 20 somethings who's going to listen to us how about we get influential people in our movement to give us some credibility because otherwise who cares like what we have to say and i think that was a kind of cynical view we had but actually no like it's been so encouraging um just even just seeing how how broad the reach has been um so many different countries and, and backgrounds and I, I'm I'm encouraged because I feel like it's helped us achieve the goal that we wanted to start these discussions and on any level that people can go home to their family or their small group or their friendship group and have these conversations and, and spark those, yeah, the, the, those talks. Um, yeah, for me, I still don't have the answers. I'm still on that journey there's still times where it's overwhelming and it's like man i'm i'm speaking on a public platform but do i really know what's going on like that's that's scary but i don't think god expects us to have all the answers i don't think he's he's saying you need to be finished or complete at, at this point um no one does and that's in a sense finding that peace and saying okay only god knows what we're doing I have to live with that, whether I like it or not, even if I want to be in control. Only God knows where we're going. Um, and I, I just hope that as many people as possible can have the patience to get through it because it is a tough time and we're figuring out a lot of things and there is definitely tension, um, things that need to be resolved and, and worked on. Um, but just to engage together as a group, uh, I've loved that. and. Thank you for all the guests as well. Um, that's been, yeah, even just the support. I think we were probably, I was probably skeptical of would these people even want to talk with us? Would they want to engage with us? Like that in itself has been so encouraging. So it's been a great process. And yeah, we don't know what's next, um, but thank you all for everyone's support. Love you. I'll go. Um, it's Rachel. Hello. Um, yeah, I think I obviously echo everything that everyone has said so far. Um, I don't know. I, I really just feel like I came in and I know a few of us probably came into this podcast feeling a similar way, but I think I came into this podcast thinking I knew more than I knew. Um, and it's just been so interesting to see how all of us have evolved just even in the course of these past few months. And, um, and honestly, I had a lot of assumptions coming in too. I came in, we're all kind of like fiery hot. Like we have opinions, we got 
things we got qualms to talk about but um being able to like verbally process and actually um not just like preach mutual humility and like approaching things from an understanding standpoint, but like putting that into practice and realizing how hard that was, was huge for me because in just, obviously we like to have our experiences and our perspectives validated, but being able to hear from so many different kinds of people with so many different points of views, like it's, it's just shifted the way that I've thought about a lot of different things. Um, so thank you to all of the people who, who spoke with us on our podcast. Um, and yeah, I think I just realized in the same way that Alex was saying, like, um, you just may not have a final answer to anything (laughs) and you may not know the answer at this point in time. But I think throughout the course of this podcast as well, even in just talking about deconstruction and Loki going through deconstruction, it's been so redeeming to go through it with the people here. Um, and yeah, I think my view of God has just gotten like, and church has just gotten so much bigger and I've grown a lot more comfortable being in this in-between space, which is where I am right now. Um, which I think is really cool. And so, yeah, I hope the conversations did the same thing for everybody who's listened to them. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, I'll go next. This is Devin. Um, it's funny. Rach said, um, it, it changed her in that, like she came in, uh, feeling like she knew everything and then realizing she knew nothing. I feel like for me, it was kind of the opposite where it's like, <laughs> I thought that I knew absolutely nothing. And then I realized, Oh wait, I might know a thing or two. Like I should speak up more. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, like, like some people were listening are like, yeah, you're a white guy. Like <laughs> <laughs> your voices are all the time. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think for me, it honestly helped me to um, realize like, wow, I I have some things in me that are worth saying and some things that are thought provoking. Um, and man, I think most of all, I, I realized the importance of listening because that's where it all comes from for me is like, all I'm saying is like what I hear basically. And, and like learning to listen to the essence of a conversation um man and I, I can't thank the listeners enough because of the amount of confidence they've given me and like the feedback um and like just being able to talk with some of our listeners after recordings outside of the podcast and just have really good conversations um i think that just helped me honestly to develop as a person um it helped me to feel like i come more into my own and like be comfortable with my identity um So I'm really grateful for everyone who's engaged with us and talked with us throughout this whole process. Uh, I learned how to edit podcasts quickly (laughs) um, under a short deadline. (laughs) We got from about 10 hours in the beginning down to like maybe like the the fastest maybe being like an hour and a half. That was like crazy fast. (laughs) Probably some mistakes in there, but I learned how to edit podcasts pretty darn fast. Um, is this an advertisement? No, I'm not editing your podcast <laughs> unless you pay me really well. I got, I'm pretty tired of it at this point. I've edited so many. Um, 
Yeah, you know, it's been a good time. I I made a lot of friends. I made I made six friends, uh, five <laughs> friends. I was friends with Izzy before. <laughs> yes, we were in fact friends. <laughs> but I made five really good friends, and I I love these guys. Um, so yeah, thank you everyone. Thank you listeners. Thank you to the rest of the space makers. I love you all. That's all I got. Ah, yeah. I uh, it's so hard to like try to encapsulate like everything that like what this podcast has done, like in my life. <laughs> Cause it's like, well, obviously it's impacted me just by like interviewing all these awesome people that we got to interview and have these conversations. And like already that alone was enough to change a lot of how I think. And a lot of the things that I've learned, I've just been like soaking up so much awesome, <laughs> awesome, like conversations. So alone, that's like already a lot. And then the fact that this became such like a public thing, like, I don't know. I think it was, which that came with probably a lot more like, I don't know, hardships and the whole like fact that it was like this public thing, just because for me, I'm such like a people pleaser and stuff like that. And then hearing, like having to deal with like, you know, you know, people are listening to my voice and I like, I, you know, the, the whole, like you hate hearing like a voicemail of yourself and blah, blah, blah. And then just like on top of that, people are like, not only probably criticizing you, but they might be mad at you for saying something or disagreeing or all the things that I've had to learn to navigate and just be like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, having to have hard conversations. And I think that was really difficult, but also empowering at the same time. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. Like this person is just a person and I'm just a person. And like, can we have a conversation as human beings, even if we don't agree, um, and trying to figure out all that. Um, I think my biggest thing is just like, at the end of it, I just came out with like a bigger God and realized that people are people, which people are amazing, but just like people are people. And like, I don't know, just navigating all these interesting conversations. I think I realized like, oh, ministers are just people (laughs) or a specific church is just a group of people. And all of those thoughts that are like, Oh, like, why was I so scared to share my opinion? And like, I guess, I don't know, it was freeing to kind of now be known for being honest about what I believe in. And I think that was definitely a slow process because in the beginning, even I was fighting for being very quiet about what we actually think or, um, tiptoeing around a lot of things. And I think, it was good because at at the time, because it was like, okay, like let's do this slowly. But then at the same time, I'm like, you know, what, what, what good is it to like have these conversations if I'm not going to be honest about how I'm feeling and like, yeah, if I get it wrong, that's, you know, (laughs) that's fine. But I don't know, I guess I've just learned a lot about making mistakes very publicly and then how, and then being also very honest, very publicly. And that was just a lot to learn. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, it impacted my life because it, it, it changed the way everyone saw me, especially since I, I was the main voice. It was like, 
I was getting calls and conversations from people all around the world. Some people who were very happy with me, some people who weren't. And I had to learn how to navigate that, which was crazy. Or people changed their opinions of me. People, you know, decided that they didn't want to be my friend. Some people decided they really wanted to be my friend. It was just, you know, a lot of that kind of thing. And it's just interesting seeing like, oh, okay. So the minute I disagree with you, is this how you're going to treat me? That's very telling. Or the minute I stop performing in this certain way, you're going to treat me like that. Okay. That's really interesting. Um, obviously I'm sharing more of like the hurts and stuff, but it's also just impacted me a lot because I've learned from the community that has kind of surfaced from doing space makers, because I think with this podcast and I think it, it had, it was crazy. What blew my mind about this podcast is the generational intergenerational like reach. Um, cause I think people think, Oh, space makers, like young people listen to it. Actually, if you look at our stats, <laughs> it's like pretty even, um, with all the generations that listen. So that was really cool. And I just think, um, that was really just the kind of community that came about after this podcast was released and the kind of conversations that were started have taught me more about God than I have learned probably in my entire life. And that's been really cool learning from different types of people, learning from people in the margins, learning people who've been learning from people who've been hurt, learning from people who are being hurt, learning from people who would otherwise not, you know, talk about things, but then they feel safe to because of this podcast. There's all these amazing stories that have happened that I've just been able to expand my view on so many things just because I'm, I feel like I'm in a room where everyone gets to hold the mic and it's not just one person. And it like, And it's like, how can that not change your life? (laughs) How can that not impact the way you see everything? And so that's been so crazy for me. Um, But I also wanted to kind of open it up. And I know this is kind of a loaded question. um, And then I have more loaded questions. But (laughs) um, how has this process kind of changed your view of God? And then I want to talk about your view of church, but I wanted to cover God first. Anybody want to? Start on that one. Okay. Uh, Janae, again, I think that is a loaded question. Um, and I'm speaking from processing right now, so I apologize if some of this kind of doesn't make sense. Um, but I think, you know, growing up in the church, God was very much black and white. You know, um, he was he was this, so he couldn't be this as well, you know? Um, when I was good, he was, you know, um, merciful and giving and blessing me and doing that. But when I was quote bad, you know, then he was angry or he was disappointed usually, you know, is what it is. And I'm now realizing like, even the quote bad isn't always actually bad. It's, you know, learned things. And so I think I'm just realizing that God, like you said, like, is he is so much bigger than what we can ever understand what I have been taught. Um, and I think that when you approach God as something that is bigger than what you can understand and em- embracing the nuance of 
just God in general. And, you know, I think that kind of going back to the last question too, this podcast has forced me to also, you know, um, I'm learning how to read things in context. And I didn't realize how I was reading the Bible, how I, and how I was reading the Bible obviously impacted how I saw God. And if I wasn't reading the Bible correctly, how in the world could I ever even begin to understand the complexity that is God, you know? Um, and so I don't know. I think, you know, God personally for me, you know, God is, um, still Lord, but in kind of a different way than he's ever really been for me, you know? Um, and I feel like with this, um, view of God that I have, I, you know, I have more of an autonomy of about my life, you know, and honestly more of a motivation to really seek out and love people, you know, but it's not in a way that I ever thought possible or, really knew how to do. And it's not, you know, a list of things that I kind of like do or don't do. And, you know, things are constantly, um, changing for me. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just taking away from all this is that I just realized that God is so much more nuanced and God, um, requires, uh, you know, context, you know, and reading the Bible and things like that about, you know, the times and things like that. And, um, I think that's also helped me to embrace my complexity, you know, that I don't have to just be one thing. I can be multiple things and still, you know, I can be multiple things. I can think multiple things and still love God. And he still sees me as his daughter. He still sees me as somebody who loves him you know? Um, and I think that's something that I kind of never really had before that I had to do this in order for him to see me like this, but I'm just realizing that that's not true at all. That it doesn't have to be just this one way of doing absolutely everything that God doesn't want all of these robots, you know, um, that God is so much in the heart and is so much more, um, understanding and is so much more complex. And so therefore I get to be complex and have, multiple sides. It doesn't just have to be one thing. And I really think that like just being one thing, you do God such a disservice and you do yourself in turn such a disservice that you're not able to really comprehend um, the complexity of who you are so that you're, you're not able to find these pockets of joy that you can find when you're able to really um, embrace um, who you are just as a human being, because not, you know, I feel like we're taught that like being human is a flaw, you know, and that's not true, you know, and I don't, th and God doesn't see us as flaws. He doesn't see us like that. And so I, like I said, it's just the nuance and the complexity of who God is just, um, his character and stuff. And it's helping me to also embrace that as well. And it leads to a fuller life. So. Hello. It's Rachel again. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, kind of just echoing what Nay was saying. Like, I think growing up, like I had, I didn't realize this until we were, you know, we recorded a few episodes, but I think I had a lot of cognitive dissonance about God because, you know, we grow up like preaching, like God loves you so much and he died for your sins and you have grace, but I think in the way that we may have, or I know that in the way that I may have perceived or approached discipleship, it was so much more 
of like the opposite of that. It was just earning and it was um, doing these various spiritual practices in order to stay, quote unquote, in the good graces of God, even though grace is like eternal. <laughs> but for some reason, I kind of perceived it as like, okay, if I don't have my quiet time every day, if I don't go to seven events a week, if I don't, you know, if I don't do all of these different things, like um, I am not close to God. But I think even in just the past few months of going through this podcast, like I'll mention it again, like I feel like God grew so much bigger and I began to see him in literally everything and just, you know, in the conversations that we were having during the podcast and outside of the podcast um, with, you know, disciples in our movement, people, Christians not in our movement, like um, people who don't really have any faith at all, or, you know, like are kind of in this in-between space. Like I started to see God in every single one of those people and in every single one of those conversations. And I think that was just so redeeming for me because I just realized once again, just like how much I didn't know and how my views were so skewed. Um, and I think also a huge thing too, has just been understanding, the why of why we're disciples rather than just the how, because I think, you know, it's important to grow up and under, you know, we kind of get taught, like, this is how you do things this is how you live out discipleship. This is how you have a relationship with God. But, um, just in having these conversations, I really began to dig into the why, like, why am I doing this? And why do I love God? And why does God love me? And um, why am I a part of this faith community? Why do I need to be called higher? Why do I need to call other people higher? Like, um, it's, it's just been a really hard process, but it's also been a very redeeming process. Because in the same way, I think I began to yeah, just things just became a lot more aligned in terms of my discipleship, my identity, um, just different things going on in life. Um, and then also just the overarching theme, I think of the past year of my life has just been learning how to hold things in tension. And so I think that's something that I'm going to continue to learn, um, is just living in this uncertain period. Um, but yeah, it's just been really cool to see how God has shifted my mindset and all of our mindsets just to not put him to quote Janae earlier in the podcast, not put him in this box <laughs> that <laughs> we tend to put him in. So, yeah. That's so good. Hey guys, this is Meigs. Um, yeah, I've been just trying to collect all of my thoughts. <laughs> um, this has been probably the most life-changing year of my life, I think. And um, I think if I had to describe it, I think my relationship with God has been um, more intuitive, if that makes sense. Um, I think just growing up, obviously, um, or not obviously, but if you've listened uh, to the podcast, uh, I've grown up in this church my whole life. And I think I've always measured the quality of my relationship with God from by like external factors, you know, like how good are my quiet times or how often am I going to church or did I, how many impure thoughts did I have this week or where am I getting my security from? What did I wear this week? And did I do this? Did I do that? Like just kind of, um, just all these checklists or, um, just, I had this fundamental belief 
growing up that I was inherently sinful, you know, and that there's like, I am just condemned and that humans are just disgusting human beings. Like we are just gross and we are just the worst things on earth. And the only thing that we can, you know, and that's a whole line of theology. Um, But I think personally for me, that is something this year that I have unlearned. Um, I feel like my discipleship, I had just been um, working to just be good enough for God. (laughs) Like before this year, like I just, okay, let me go to church enough. Okay. Let me um, baptize people enough. Okay. Let me, um, you know, date the right people or get into the right ministry positions or let me, you know, to like finally be enough, um, so that I'm not this person that, you know, I'm, or this like terrible person that God must think I am to make up for or whatever, if that makes sense. But I think this past year, I think I really unlearned that idea of like, no, God said that like, we're good. And like, we were made in his image. And like, how could we possibly be like these terrible things if like, we're great, you know? And like, we do like bad things sometimes, but, and we hurt people. And of course we mess up, but I think that's something that I've really, um, that this podcast has like really opened my eyes up to. And I think that's something that I've really taken, like, that's, how God has really changed in my mind is like, he's not this thing that's condemning me at all times and is like waiting for me to mess up. And I think, um, my relationship with God is just so much more fluid and it's like a dance, you know, it's not like, it's, it's not like this regimental thing. It's like, Oh, I just get to dance with God all the time and it's fun. And he's like my best friend who I just get to go on car drives with while I'm watching the sunset, um, and just listening to music. So yeah, so God has just really changed, um, this past year for me. Um, and my mental health has been really great because of it. I think, um, yeah, I think God is just when, when God is like so much bigger and it's not so much on what can I do and all the productivity and trying to prove myself and just embracing just being and like Bima talks about this a lot, like empire versus like Shalom and just like embracing the peace that comes with, I am good and I am okay. And I don't have to be anything to be valuable. Um, That's just something that I've learned like this past year. And I'm like really, really grateful for it. So yeah, that's me. Thanks guys. I'm loving it because I think we're kind of getting a theme and yeah, I relate to what everyone's saying. And I think, yeah, it makes sense what everyone is saying. Uh, and I think for me, it seems like an observation of maybe culture. Like may, maybe it does speak to to the wider issues we have that a lot of us are feeling we've had to wrestle with this self kind of sense of I need to perform. I need to prove something to God. I need to earn you know, his grace or his love. And maybe that is just part of kind of human nature and us wanting to stand by our own merit. Um, but I, I've I definitely felt that a lot. And, and I think this year has been a lot more freeing to 
to not feel so rigid and to not feel tied to all these standards that are, and many of them are tools to help us in our relationship with God, but in a sense, they, they don't define what our relationship to God is. Like he's done that already. He said what, what we are to him as his children. Um, and even after 2020, you know, one thing I would say a lot was like, God was my boss, not my father. And, and that was kind of a scary like moment to realize that because I was just doing things where I felt I just have to do certain things. Um, and even in a dangerous way, use that to justify, well, I've done enough good things so I can kind of do what I want in my own time. I'm, I'm free. Um, but no, I, then it's like you're missing out on who God really is. And then there's not that relationship. There's not that sincerity. Um, but I think, yeah, we, we don't always do a good job of emphasizing how much God is our father, that he chose us, that we can do, we're, we're, whether we like it or not, we're, we're kind of, we're just children before him. And part of that is embarrassing and humbling. And we feel like, oh, that's kind of vulnerable if God, you know, sees me as a kid. But then in another sense, it's freeing. So often, in a sense, my faith has been defined by my performance, um, by these measures that we, we've created. Uh, and that's so dangerous because really all it is, is that's me relying on myself and like validating my worth by my actions. And, and I think that's really not the spirit of what Jesus taught. You know, he talked so much more about our attitude, our heart, our character, than, than our actions. You can, you can do the right action, but if you have the wrong heart, then it's wrong. That's the kind of, that was the backwards thing that Jesus was trying to challenge. You know, a lot of religious people in his time they did the right thing outwardly, but with the wrong heart. And, and he said, no, that you've missed the point. You don't get it. And so I think it's just, it's been an exciting time. And yeah, it has, it has been more fluid in a sense. And it has been more kind of, oh, I wonder if I try this. I wonder if, you know, I can do something new in my relationship with God. And, you know, even the podcast has been a, an outlet of that. Um, so it's exciting. And <clears throat> I guess a message for me is kind of like, it's always us that thinks too narrowly of God. The fact is like, we can't ever comprehend how big God is and, 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 and what he can do and how exciting a life with him is. Like we, we always have a narrow perspective compared to him. We're the ones shutting him down or closing him out. And I think that's, that's what we're missing out. Um, so I'm just excited for the future and, and to see together as a community, as friends, as family, we're learning about how to really experience God. And that, that sounds weird. It's like, well, what does that mean? Uh, but I think that's what I've been enjoying and, and, and figuring out. And I'm not there yet. And maybe it's just a lifetime of this journey with God, but it's exciting. And um, yeah, I hope other people get to 
experienced that too. Yeah, uh, I think for me, um, it's changed in quite a few ways. I think honestly, just having so many different perspectives on the podcast and voices and ideas that I hadn't experienced previously really expanded my view of God and changed it from like, this is who God is to like, what if God is like this? Um, and I, you know, I can think back to like, back when I was in, uh, you know, at university, like three years ago, four years ago, maybe I was reached out to by this guy who was like, we've talked about God, the father a lot, but have you ever heard of God, the mother? And he's reaching out for his, his group for like God, the mother. And, you know, at the time I was like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um, but today if I heard that, I'd be like, Oh yeah, God, God, the mother. Um, that's really interesting. Like, I feel like you have something to offer me. I feel like you have a perspective that I could gain, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if that's making your hair stand up, <laughs> you hear that. um, do a little, do a little research, um, man and woman complete the image of God. Um, anyways, that was, that was kind of off topic. Um, <laughs> so I guess with like all that being said, like with all those ideas, like floating around, um, in my head, it's been kind of weird. It's been kind of a blender up there. <laughs> and so kind of my philosophy lately has been, I'm going to live as if God loves me. And that's kind of been my philosophy with my relationship with God and how I live um, with respect to, you know, if I believe there's a God, I, I'm going to choose to believe that he loves me and live in such a way that he loves me. Um, so I feel like that's the main way that it's changed me. You know, it's like, I think God would be okay if I rested right now instead of worked. I think God would be okay if instead of reading my Bible right now, I just sit back and listen and be still and observe and just be part of creation. And that's enough. Um, you know, I, I think I can relate a lot to Meigs and like, just like feeling like, you know, before just feeling like I was evil because I existed. Um, but just, I feel like, all these new ideas and perspectives have transformed that idea for me. It's like, I'm good. God made me and I'm good. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's it for me is like, there's so many ideas floating around right now that I'm like, I feel like I could pursue this idea and change my relationship with God radically. But for right now, I need to take things slow. <laughs> I need to like, just be still. I just need to live as if God loves me. And that's it for me right now. And we'll see what happens in the future. I'm really excited to see like what I can build on that foundation. And I think that it'll work a whole lot better than the foundation I had before. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Even what he's been saying and like, even when Devin told first said, like, why don't we just live as if God loves us? um, changed a lot of the way that I live day to day. Cause I realized how much I didn't live like that. Like, I think when we make Christianity so much about our performance and the things that we need to do and how we fall short and our weaknesses and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's like, wait, didn't you just say that God is all powerful and that he loves us? Like, how does the way that we're living, like reflect that at all? If we feel like we can't breathe <laughs> without like 
figuring out if it's the, you know, if God wants us to do X, Y, Z or being so, and obviously we need to, you know, do good and things like that. But I don't know. I, I think for me, like it's been this interesting dichotomy of like, I don't know. Like, I, I think part of me is like, I learned so much about who God is and how he's so much bigger than I thought. I learned so much about who Jesus is. He turned from this like one dimensional character into like a person for me this year. And then, um, I learned so much about the Bible and how it's supposed to be used and how God is not the Bible. The Bible is not God and how the Bible should be treated and used and all these incredible things that have like led me to believe so many different things than what I used to believe in terms of like, Oh, okay. So if God loves us, then that means this for my life. If Jesus main thing was advocating for the marginalized and the poor and the people who were hurting, then that's what this, this is what that means for my life. And like all of those things. And I feel like, you know, I, I know I've, I've dived deeper than I ever have and learned more than I ever have this year. And like, you know, and it, it shows when like, it's kind of crazy when people do talk to me, I'm like, Oh, I actually have something to say about that. And I can tell you why (laughs) I believe this every single crazy thing I say on the podcast. Yeah. I can back it up with like a 20 page paper if I wanted to. (laughs) And like, I actually have something to say, which is cool. But then at the same time, which it goes hand in hand, I have nothing to say. I have no idea. And it's like this crazy thing that like both of those things exist at the same time. Like, yes, I feel like I have a pretty, a a lot better of a grip on (laughs) what to do with the Bible and, you know, how to see all of these things that we see in the Bible. I feel like I have a much better grasp on those things, but at the same time, because of that, I'm in awe and wonderment and I am so flabbergasted at the Bible and so, um, and so aware at how little I know and how, so aware of, yeah, God might be over there. I don't know. Who am I to, to say that he's not? Or yeah, obvious, like, yeah, I might be wrong about that. Cool. Like, <laughs> and just existing in that space has been the most healing thing ever. And I feel like because I've changed this view of God and all these things, like I can now enjoy my life. Like I never have before. And I can now have peace. Like I've never had before. Um, so that has helped me a ton. Um, and so, yeah, basically to kind of transition (laughs) into the next question, which I know this is going to be a loaded question. Um, how has, this year kind of impacted your relationship with church and specifically ICOC, but I want to like make sure that we're carefully defining church does not equal ICOC. (laughs) Um, And so when we, when you talk about our specific movement and churches, obviously we're going to say ICOC. um, And then we, we as a group believe that church is a different, those things do not equate. But yeah, if you guys want to share, obviously not everyone needs to share because I know this is really personal and not that everything else that we've been saying in this episode hasn't been personal, but <laughs> um, I know that this is one of those things that can be kind of sticky. So, you know, take take that question how you will. <laughs> I can go. 
Um, this is Meigs. Um, my thoughts are kind of jambled, so I hope this comes out okay. But um, in a, like in the same way that my relationship with God has been expanded, I think my definition of church has been expanded. Um, I think for the past couple of years, I've known like, okay, the ICOC is like not the only church, but like my actions never really like matched up to it. You know, like people were like, oh, I'm a Christian. And I'd be like, oh, like what church? And then they'd say a church that's not the ICOC. And I'd be like, oh, okay. You know, or like you'd still try to like, you know, or, um, you know, people would like date outside of the church. I'd be like, oh, like, you know, you know, they're not a real Christian, you know? So like my actions and my like reactions didn't match up to like that belief, if that makes sense. Um, but now, like, I would say that like my actual reactions are matching up to those beliefs to where like, I don't feel the need to, uh, proselytize I don't know how you say that word like at all um which is a hot take I know but like I don't really feel the need to do that ever um for me personally and you can agree with that or disagree with that um but I yeah but anyways um and something that I think kind of encapsulates this idea like biblically I mean not that I'm you know I feel the need to like justify my opinion with scripture but um just an idea that is shared a lot is like this idea of like a tent and how like God loves to like build tents and like the Israelites like built tents a lot, like in scriptures and, um, and how like in the old Testament, like there would be, um, a cloud of the spirit and like the cloud would move and then they would have to like pick up their tent and move their tent. And so I think for me, like church is a lot more of a tent for me than like a concrete building. Um, and it's a lot more of like about the people than about the building. <laughs> um, and so for me, like reconstruction, I think that's kind of what this episode is about. For me, it wasn't really about reconstructing a building. It's more like, okay, let's scrap all the materials and let's start building tents, um, that are movable and are movable to wherever the spirit is. Um, I talked about how, like, for me, my relationship with God is a lot more intuitive and including in that is listening to the spirit a lot more, because I think for me, my discipleship was a lot more about the father, the son and the Holy Bible versus the father, the son and the Holy spirit, you know? Um, and that's not the Trinity <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, um, to me, like just listening to the spirit and like, really, um, that's not my phrase, by the way. I saw that on Twitter or something. So don't quote me. Um, that's somebody else's. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I think for me, it's just about listening to the spirit. Where does God want me? Like, is it in this church or not? Like, I'm really open to whatever that is, because I think a lot of people in the ICOC are like, OK, well, I'm a ride or die this church to my grave. And it's like, is the cloud over this church still or no? Like. Cause it's a, like, I mean, that's just a question. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to get people to leave. That's not what I'm doing, but it's a question that you need to ask because if your church is a concrete building and it's, you know, like if they're like, I'm just, I'm just asking questions. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not providing answers, but 
I'm still in the ICOC. So I'm not even, I'm not even a hater from the outside of the club, but I'm inside the club still, but it's just something that I'm, <laughs> and I'm on staff. So <laughs> I'm literally, I'm literally, I'm literally still in the ICOC. Um, but so, yeah, I just want to make that abundantly clear, but that's just something that's like really, um, been on my heart. Like, is just like how, like church is just, it's really about the people and it's really about being movable by the spirit. Um, and so I think for me, um, me and my friends do this thing on Saturday mornings. Uh, it's just like a communion meditation where we just talk about Jesus and we drink coffee, eat breakfast burritos or whatever you're having for breakfast that day. And we just talk about Jesus and we talk um, about life. We listen to music. Our parents come sometimes. Um, and it's been just the most amazing experience. Um, and that's been church for me as well. And so, um, I think church can be a lot of different things. Um, space makers, our little recordings can be church for me too. Sometimes, um, it meets a lot of my, um, spiritual needs as well. And so, um, lifeline, uh, we have a lot of like different conversations with people and we have like a whole like discord channel and like that can be church for us too sometimes. And we have little like movie nights, like that's really fun. And so church can be so many different things. Um, and so I just want to like encourage people to like question, um, you know, like, like what is, what is church for me? And like, what is the purpose of church? And like, what is, what's meeting my needs? Um, and is the spirit still guiding me to where I'm at right now or has the cloud moved, you know, and do I need to be movable? Um, so yeah, that's, that's my idea of church. Um, I didn't mean for it to get that spicy. I don't know where that came from, but those are my thoughts. So there we go. Those are all great thoughts. <laughs> Just saying. Um, <laughs> this is Rachel again, but, um, yeah, I think just an overarching theme of how my view of church and like faith communities has changed is just this idea of like lines don't have to be drawn. And I think my view of even just our church community and the ICOC has expanded so much because I also internalized the idea that like the ICOC is the one true church, even though that wasn't like explicitly said, it was, it was kind of in the way that we approach different things. It was, it was like subtly said, you know? And so I think even in just understanding that the ICOC is just this like small part of God's greater idea of the church and his bride, I think my reverence for the church has actually increased so much, but my pride in specifically our faith community in terms of like this idea of like, you need to come here and be a part of our community has decreased significantly. <laughs> um, and I just love that in the same way that Meigs was saying, like my view of what faith community should look like and like actually doing life together. Um, it's so cool to have seen that played out even more in having the conversations that we're having and talking, um, to the people, to different people about our views of church. Um, even in just like this, 
idea of like evangelism, I've always just felt this anxiety about like, okay, like I have to like reach out to all these people and bring them to our church and like our community and blah, 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 blah. But I've actually found that like in going through deconstruction, I've just been so much more honest with myself and other people. And I think it's naturally just led to some really amazing and like redeeming conversations about faith and spirituality as a whole. And I think like even in just being able to learn from people who may have the same faith as me or different faiths or like all of our faiths really do look so differently. Um, that in and of itself is like church to me is those conversations, whether they're a part of our church community or not. And so, yeah, it's just been really cool to see how like my reverence for God's larger picture of the church has gone so much bigger and it's, and it, doesn't have to be like this fixed one way of approaching community, um, or just even bringing people into our specific community. Um, and I think like that episode with Nick Zola really put it into perspective of like for me, when he said that he was, and like, was not a part of the ICSC. And I was like, we can do that. Like, we don't have to draw these like black and white lines, but it's so true. Like, why do we draw these black and white lines anyway? And so, and any part of our faith. So, Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think, it, I, I mean, I can kind of follow because I agree. Well, why why do we make faith so exclusive sometimes? I think that, that for me, it just seems inconsistent with seeing Jesus' life. Like, okay, we all agree Jesus, his life is the standard, but, and yet he's meeting with every kind of person. He's eager to like get from town to town to just connect with as many people as possible. I don't feel he has some sort of agenda to convert every person he heals or speaks to or preaches to. He's just sincere. And then people admire and are <clears throat> convicted by that. Like his life speaks for itself. And I think church is great. I love church. Church is, I believe, a structure designed by God because we need each other because we want to see family and we want to be able to spread that, that community and, and kind of, you know, share that message. Like, yes, we, we believe that, but it, it has us in it. It has people and we make mistakes and um, it's always dangerous when we, uh, yeah, our view of God is shaped by the person behind the pulpit on Sunday because that's, that's not who God is. Maybe they have qualities that reflect God, but they have flaws as well. And the, the point is, don't we all? But I, don't, I just, it's dangerous, I think, to just view God by, by church and, and the flaws that, that we have as people. And it's scary when, you know, the, the pain or the, the harm that people experience from church becomes synonymous with God's character because I really don't believe that's who he is. And, but it, but again, when we're so deep in the community and we're so attached to a particular church or movement, we run that risk of letting that seep into our view of who God is. So I think that for me has been, okay, God is still good when I see this, this harm being done or God is still gracious when I see someone being judgmental 
in, in the church setting. That's painful. And I think what you, you growing up in church, you trust it, you rely on it. You, it's a big part of your, your life and your identity. And I don't want to lose that, but I also want to say that doesn't define who God is. And thank goodness, right? God is much bigger and better than any organization or structure or brand that we can design and come up with. I appreciate that, Alex. I think definitely, I think there's healthy ways to look at that and there's like not as healthy ways to look at that, you know, because it's like we could go like, I feel like that could be a way that the churches could be like, oh, well, we're not perfect, but you know, that's just us and you need to still love God X, Y, Z, which I feel like could be harmful, but I don't know. There are like two sides of it to where it's like, um, I think there are times when it's like, okay, yeah, like I was hurt by this, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't still try to have this relationship with God because he, that wasn't him and that's not who he is. Um, and so I think there's that interesting way of navigating it to where you're like, yes, but then if I am hurt, that's still true. And that's still valid. And so I feel like that's an interesting, I don't know. I just, my, my mind was going on little tangents there, but I think, um, if I could just kind of share where Devin and I are at with church, (laughs) it's really interesting (laughs) because, you know, at the start of this podcast, it was like, we want to do this so that we can help change things in this specific movement. And that was like our big thing and our big dream or big goal, um, which is still a huge dream and goal in terms of like, if anything, you know, on this podcast is helpful for anybody, if they're experiencing the same things that we experience, that's, and, and if this helps at all, that's amazing. Um, but I think over the past few months, it's just become like, I think I've realized like, wait, why? <laughs> I don't know. Like it was like, we released this thing to try to change things. And then, and we tried to be as nice about it as possible. Like the amount of tiptoeing we did for every word, the amount of editing we did, the amount of trying to chase after people that people wanted to listen to, you know, we did so much just jumping through hoops in order to do this nicely in a very neatly packaged way. And even so we got all this pushback for even just speaking. And it really was just for speaking. Honestly, it was, it was interesting how, like, I don't know. It was like, okay. So even when we do this nicely, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's not all the time, but we got pushback for it. And so it was just interesting seeing that and being like, wait, why? I don't know. I just had to question a lot of like, so is, is my goal really to speak and help like this specific movement or like, did I, did I promise to love the ICOC or did I promise to love God's kingdom? And I think realizing that it was a lot bigger than that helped a lot and being like, Oh, okay. Like, (laughs) you know, I, I think at one point it was really hard for like, even my mental health to be 
going to things because I never knew if I was going to be talked to in a good way, in a way that people are like, Oh my gosh, you're changing my life. This is so awesome. Like I loved your podcast or in a not so good way to where they're like, "Mm, I think you need guidance from me. And I'm like, I thanks. Like, or like, um, I don't know. And so it was just this weird, like, I felt like I had to take a step back and, um, it was just an interesting time of experimenting and being like, wait, so what does church mean? (laughs) Okay. Church means a group of people like church means this and this and that. And, And looking back into the Bible and being like, Oh, church was just eating a meal with people in their homes. Oh, that doesn't look like what I was doing. Um, so if I decided to stay home from Sunday service and I just had a f- over a few people and we had some great conversation about who God is, does that count? And like asking all these questions of like, okay, what if I go to a homeless shelter on Saturday? Does that count? And like being, I don't know. I just felt like it was so freeing to even look into church history and realize, oh, they the early church met in houses until like the third century, like, like all these things of like, wait, (laughs) or, um, seeing how big church systems came about through history and realizing that the ICOC is just another example of a huge system. And I'm not saying that that means it's evil or anything like that, but I'm like, again, my, my allegiance is to the kingdom of God and the greater kingdom of God. So if I decide not to attend one thing or a few things, or even go to a different congregation or do things like with a house church, like what, why is, why was that met with such crazy pushback? And it just like, I don't know. I just, I just found myself questioning a lot of, Oh, why is this such a big deal? (laughs) Um, why is this what we focus on? Why is if, why are you mad if I don't show up to Sunday service, but go serve the poor instead, I'm confused why that's not an okay thing to do. Or why are you mad if I don't come to midweek, but I have over a few people who need some friends and they just need some love right now. Like, why, why is that? Why are you upset? (laughs) I'm just confused. Um, and so, you know, this is something that we're still figuring out. Um, Devin and I actually recently did an interview with the, with Michael Burns, who's another, you know, he does a lot of podcasts and stuff like that, where he asked us about all this stuff. So if you want more, it's going to come out soon, um, for like what's going on in our lives. But basically (laughs) we went through a period of experimenting you know, doing some zoom Bible talks, doing some zoom, like meeting together. We've been doing a lot of house churches, a lot of, um, we have this house church with a group of people that also feel this way in terms of church or have felt marginalized from their church communities or felt out of place or felt like they, I don't know, they just like, don't want to be in this big empire, this big system and just want something that feels like family. And just to kind of go back to the roots of like what I think church was supposed to look like, again, this is not me saying, you know, that this is where I'm at right now. This is where I, this is what I feel like I need right now. And so we've been, we've been experimenting and honestly, like I have never felt so free. I feel giddy on Sundays. I feel so 
happy and so content. Like I'm a little kid sitting in God's lap and being like, you love me. Like I'm getting emotional, just like thinking about it, just cause I'm like, I finally feel that like childlike, um, peace that like God loves me. <laughs> and it's, it's so scary to like break out of that. Um, like that mindset of like, no, you're not a good person or you're not a good Christian if you don't look exactly like this. But if you look at the Bible, it's like, who are the people (laughs) that Jesus was like yelling at? It's the people who were saying, if you don't do it like this, then God doesn't love you. Like those are the people that Jesus had the choicest words for. (laughs) And then you see Jesus sitting with the outcasts, the hurt, the marginalized, the, the oppressed. And so that's just kind of the space where I'm sitting. I'm like, Hey, if, if I don't fit into religious systems and if I fit in with the oppressed and the outcast and the hurt and the weak, I think I'm like one step closer to, to where I need to be. And I'm not saying that cause I'm like this amazing person, but that's just kind of, again, that's like my experience. And so obviously if you're hearing this and you're like, Oh my gosh, she's so crazy. Like, I think I can finally say that I like don't care <laughs> anymore, which is a lot for somebody like me to say, <laughs> But I just, that's where I'm at. And that's, you know, my experience. And that's um, what God has taught me over this last crazy year. (laughs) Um, So I know I just talked a lot, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. Like we're living in this black, this gray area in terms of like, what church membership are you part of? I'm like, I never left, but I also probably am not on the roster. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird time. And who knows, maybe this means I need a few months away. Maybe this means, you know, I need some time to heal and then I can go back to a specific, like a congregation setting. I don't know. But right now I'm very happy and I feel very close to God with what I'm doing. Um, I don't know if Devin wants to add anything because I just like spilled our lives. (laughs) but uh no i don't have anything to add on top of that um yeah i love i love where we're at right now and just figuring out what we're doing and developing a personal faith so yeah i think izzy said it yeah um yeah so just to make it clear we're basically taking it week by week you know some sundays we do like a true like Sabbath where we just unplug and rest and pray and meditate and just think about how we're enough, even if we don't do anything, which is really challenging. I encourage people to try it. Um, obviously Bema has a lot to say about that. It's like in their first episode. Um, and then some Sundays we're just meeting with, um, a house church and it's super like anyone is welcome doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, what you believe we're going to, you know, ever it was, it's just this amazing, like random group of people. Um, and we sometimes do stuff for the poor. Sometimes we just have a meal. Sometimes we have a little Bible talk. Um, and it's been the best. It's been great. <laughs> um, and then we also have our little, we join the same zoom call that Meeks does. So we have our little international kind of little group too. Um, 
so yeah, I know I talked a lot, but does anyone else have anything to add about just their thoughts about church or Seb has something to say. Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, Seb had to leave the call early, so he sent me this recording separately. Side note, the recording is named McKinsey and Company 2.m4a. Seb is intellectually, ethically, and professionally out of our league. Right. So, hi everyone, this is Sebastian. Um, and I think a lot has changed for me in that department, I will say. Um, which, honestly, I probably owe to this podcast, just because for every episode, we really dive deep, uh, which I'm sure many of you have noticed. And I spent a lot of time before every podcast thinking about what I am going to say. But then also during the podcast, obviously, we have very in-depth discussions. And then, you know, after you kind of ponder the points that were made. Um, so I think this last year has been a phase of immense self-reflection for me and a phase of me really owning my faith. Um, and I think one thing I want to start with is spiritually, I've never been in a better place than now. I think I'm the healthiest I've ever been. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I feel closer to all my friends and what I believe in. And I'm very confident in every conviction I have. And I'm very grateful for that. And I think this group has helped me a lot to get to that point. And I'm very grateful for that. With that being said, I did formally withdraw membership from the ICOC. Um, and that has nothing to do with me not believing it anymore. And also, this is not necessarily regarding the conviction this organization has. I think there's two things that kind of led to this decision. One, I have given a lot and I'm at a point where I had to decide for myself that if I continue to fight this hard, I will fall apart. And this podcast, as amazing as this experience has been, has also been one of the hardest. We've been getting a lot of phone calls. We've been getting a lot of attacks. And I think I had to defend myself a lot. And I'm tired. I really am. And I think that this is not me holding a grudge because I know we were pushing the boundaries and I know, you know, that makes people uncomfortable and that is fine. Um, but for me personally, I've been trying to have these conversations for so long that it's gotten to a point where it's just actively affected my mental health to keep running against walls. And I want to be as effective of a disciple as possible. And these conversations are preventing me from doing so. And that is why I decided to withdraw. Um, and then reason two, which is very personal to me, 
but I am currently pursuing a career in human rights law, and I have very, very strong convictions when it comes to female empowerment, when it comes to the rights of marginalized groups. And I know that we have a large group of people in our churches that agrees with my beliefs on this, that shares the belief that, you know, we should protect women the way Jesus did, the way he stood up for the adulterous woman when she was about to be stoned. And I have a very hard time, though, with the significant portion of our movement that does not align with those beliefs. And it is not, this is not me saying that we all have to agree on these things, but for me personally, especially as someone who wants to go into human rights law, just cannot associate myself with a group where people actively believe that women should not preach. Um, and even with that, because if we really break it down, like what are we saying if we are saying that women can preach? We're saying it's wrong for women to preach. Wrong basically means sinful. That is, well, because otherwise, if it's not sinful, why wouldn't we do it? So we're basically saying women preaching is sinful. In other words, if we really kind of think this thought to the very end, we're saying we believe if a woman preaches all her life, that is sinful and therefore she's going to go to hell. And I have a very, very difficult time believing that a god would send a woman to hell for correctly preaching the doctrine. I have a very hard time with that. And that is just one example of those things that I feel very strongly about and I'm really trying to hold it together right now because this is very emotional. Um, so, yeah, that is where I'm at. Maybe in terms of what does this mean in terms of my day-to-day -day life? Um, I do not hold a grudge against the IOCOC. And I'm also, I never stopped coming, which I feel like that is also maybe a little plot twist here. And I do not plan on stopping to come. But I will not formally rejoin this movement until I see significant steps towards empowering women, towards having conversations that are centered around how we can empower minorities. And that is not a discourse we are having. And I do think, and this is me being very honest now, that we are so scared of being lukewarm. I feel like that is a term we throw around a lot. We throw around this idea that if we talk about worldly things too much, we are going to become lukewarm. And I would like to flip that around and challenge that because I believe that we have become lukewarm because we are not talking about these things. We're talking about the easy issues in church. We're talking about grace. We're talking about, you know, how can we be a better disciple? How, and which are all valid topics. 
But the really difficult topics, the topics that would make us stop being lukewarm are how can we protect people that are actively being discriminated against in our communities? How do we take care of them? That is a challenge. That is a difficult conversation. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying that we as a movement have become lukewarm because we're not discussing these things to the extent that we should. And therefore, I'm still going to be around. Again, I'm doing great spiritually, but I personally needed to take a step back and I needed to formally disassociate from the organization because there are just... At this point, too many things that I do not align with. But I do not hold a grudge. I just think there needs to be significant change towards that. And I think a lot of young people are leaving exactly because of that. Because we have become lukewarm when it comes to discussing these things. So obviously, I think we've talked a lot about like reconstruction already <laughs> um which is this is kind of i think it's funny because it's like because reconstruction isn't this like concrete thing i think it is kind of fitting that we basically just talked about our experiences <laughs> because we were just talking about this before we started recording but how reconstruction isn't this like step by step like thing or this thing that you do once and then you're done. It's like, you're always kind of rebuilding and trying to figure all that out. But does anyone have any kind of, I guess, closing thoughts about where to go from here um, in terms of reconstruction? Yeah. Uh, this is Janae. Um, first of all, Izzy, that was super, super vulnerable of you and brave of you to share all of that. And I love you so, so, so much for that, both of you guys. Um, and honestly, like, um, I think you explained everything that I can feel like a lot of us have been feeling, you know, I know for me personally, um, you know, being able to put it into words. And I think at the end of the day, like I said at the be, you know, like all of us said at the beginning, like God is so big, you know, um, and we don't know everything. I think that like, and you know, there's so much that like, we're not okay, not knowing, you know, but that just makes you stuck. And, and, and like, and you're trying to achieve something that you have no idea what the answer is, you know? Um, and so I think with reconstruction, like, you know, and when we're talking about, um, reconstruction we're talking about after you have we've very much solidified what we mean when we say deconstruction I know that there's different you know meanings but I feel like we've been very clear what we mean and it means just breaking down what you've been taught and um making sure that your convictions are sound you know are sound to you and um reimagining what the bible kind of actually looks like applied to your life in god and kind of just breaking everything down and going through everything again is what we mean by deconstruction in like a very basic uh form but reconstruction is messy is by definition it's just messy and trying to figure out exactly you know what you think and i think for me personally it's been very messy but it's also been i don't think i've ever felt so close to god you know, I think I 
have never felt kind of what Meigs was saying with like being intuitive and being like, wow, like, I really think this is what he means. And, you know, a lot of people, um, I think can have an opinion of, oh, they're just kind of creating new rules now, or, oh, they're just kind of doing, you know, doing things for their own agenda and stuff like that. And like, that's really not what it is you know, and I've had to heal from so many things. And that's a big part of my reconstruction is healing from things that was told to me as, you know, growing up, a lot of it was my college years. My college years were very, very, um, formative for my personal, um, walk with God in a negative way, honestly. Um, and I've really had to heal from being, um, in my campus ministry and, being told, you know, or not even being told, but feeling like I'm not good enough, feeling like I have to do this, you know, relationship with God in this way and stuff. And I'm really reconstructing, like, again, what God is, the complexity, figuring things out for myself. Um, And honestly, I'm having the time of my life. (laughs) You know, I feel like I'm actually living now. I feel like I'm doing things only because I, you know, because I want to, and because I think it makes, you know, God happy, you know, and God wants to see me happy, a concept, you know, God wants to see me, you know, God wants to see me happy. God wants to see me thrive. God wants to, you know, all of these things. And I'm experiencing these victories with God. And it's something that is completely new to me. And I've messed up, like we mess up all the time, but instead of coming from this place of like, oh, now I got to get right again. I'm like, I messed up and I'm still right with God what like a concept I messed up and I'm still right with God. So interesting. You know, that's, we talk about Jesus. That's what, you know, like, and so it's, it might sound like, okay, well, I've had this mindset the whole time. I love that for you. I wish it was like that for everybody, but unfortunately, and unfortunately it's not like that for a lot of people, uh, older generation. It's probably not like that for your kids. I hate to break it to you. Um, But, you know, I've just had to literally rewrite the entire like life story when it comes to me and God, you know, that like the first book, like the sequel doesn't even like relate to the first one. You know what I mean? Like the sequel is a completely different book with like different characters. The character development is outrageous in the sequel, you know, Um, but uh, yeah period. Dope. Hey guys, this is Meigs. And, um, yeah, with reconstruction, I just wanted to talk about, um, community. Um, I think that's something that's really important and a part of deconstruction. Um, a big part of that is grief. And I mean, cause you're losing a lot. Um, you're losing old beliefs. You're losing um, kind of a false sense of security. Um, cause you know, there's so much security in certainty or things that you thought, or even what Janae was talking about is like, you have this sequel in your mind of how your life is going to go, especially kingdom kids. Um, you think your life is entirely planned out and then you go through deconstruction. And it's like, Oh, part two is going to be absolutely nothing like what I thought it was going to be perfect. And there's some grief that comes with that. Um, And so with reconstruction, um, community is like something that's really, really, really important. 
Um, and you kind of, you kind of have to decide what that community is going to be, you know, and reconstruction, nobody can tell you how to reconstruct and nobody can tell you, at least they shouldn't. People are going to try to tell you how to reconstruct, especially people, um, probably in the church. They'll be like, oh, you know, like you can take this part, but like, don't, don't touch over there. You know, like, oh, are you going to come back? Or, you know, people will try to, um, you know, cause that's just, I mean, it's well-meaning of course, um, definitely well-meaning, but I think reconstruction is definitely one of those things that you have to figure out for yourself, um, and what you want. And so that community can either look like, you know, okay, I'm going to stay in my faith community and I'm going to invest and I'm going to, um, just, I'm going to stay here and invest and, you know, try to build my life here again and just have different beliefs and that's okay. Um, or it can be kind of like a half and half. Like I have some friends in here that are dope and that are safe and I feel really comfortable with. And I'm also going to have like a really cool life outside of church and kind of have a half and half situation. Or it's like, okay, I'm throwing that completely away and I'm only going to have a life like outside of here. And there's probably a lot of different variations, but those were kind of the three that I thought of. Um, and so I think that's one of the biggest um, parts of reconstruction that I think um it's just important just mental health wise. Um, cause it's just a really lonely thing. Um, so the only other, um, thing about reconstruction that I think is important is, um, I think when we grow up as kingdom kids or not as kingdom kids, but just, you know, we grow up a part of churches, our relationships can be very, we're friends because we believe all of the same things. And even the space makers, like when we all got together, we all believed generally similar things generally. And now like, we're all kind of in different boats and we've learned how to like be besties and be living like kind of all completely different lifestyles. And I think, um, you know, the quality of your friendships and the quality of your life will be so much better when you don't have doctrinal or lifestyle-based friendships with people and relationships. And so I think if that's like one little like nugget of advice I could give, um, cause for me, like all of my friendships, we all believe like slightly different things, you know, like there's not one person I think where I'm like, we are 100%. And it's not even like all doctrinal things, but it's like, Oh, I do this and you don't do this. Or like, oh, I do this and you don't do this. Or like, I do this, you know, like whatever it is. Like, I don't think there's one person where like we are 100% the same. And I think that's a good thing. But if we weren't friends because of that, like it would be really, really lonely, you know? Or like, and I think we've been trained to kind of like, oh, if we're not 100%, like I can't trust you. Or like, we, we can't be as close. And so, um, I don't know if that's like kind of obvious, but, um, I think with reconstruction, it's important to kind of broaden, um, like friendship horizons or to be okay with like not being 100%, um, doctrinally with people or just lifestyle with people. And I think like, you'll be really, it's actually really fun because then you get to learn so much more about God, but also about just the world. Um, and I think you'll find um, that the earth is really pretty and that God is really pretty and that your friends, they're different than you, but they're also really pretty. And um, 
that things are just so cool when you can embrace, um, difference, you know? Um, so yeah, that's just like, that's just one thing with reconstruction that I think is really important is that you don't let those things get in the way of being really close with people. So, yeah. Thanks Megan. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, and a lot of like, yeah, just practical perspective. Cause I think it is dangerous to think, Oh, I can only stick with people who are hundred percent on the same page as me on everything. Cause one day you wake up and you realize that's nobody or, or it's not true. And then it's just like, are we just sheep? So <laughs> think about that for a minute. If, if that's you, then hmm, you should think for yourself. Um, but I guess I want to just encourage everyone listening. God is patient. Uh, it's like, we're, we're young, we're trying to figure things out. But then even my parents, they're saying, we don't have the answers either. Well, we're trying to figure this out. My leaders at church, they're saying, we're trying to figure things out. We don't know. <clears throat> and I'm sure, I surely God allows for that. Like surely God understands us on our journey, even when we feel clueless and lost and confused and frustrated surely <clears throat> he allows for that he understands and i think we're so critical of ourselves sometimes of i just need to know all the answers because i've got the bible so it should be obvious like i should just know how to interpret every every little word but that's is that fair like is that realistic is has anyone really come to that conclusion I mean, even in the, say in the podcast, we've had some in incredible like teachers, people who are so well qualified in, in knowing the Bible. And yet they're things, they have things where they say, actually, I'm not sure about this. Or actually, my view on this has changed a lot over time. So I just want to encourage you to not feel so stressed that oh, I need to, I've, I've deconstructed everything and I've just got all these broken pieces on kind of all over the place. I've got nothing left. What do I do? God understands. He sees you. He is patient. He is gracious. He is kind. And um, give yourself time. Don't try and control your own reconstruction. I think then it's, again, then it risks becoming about you. It, God is not that simple. He, he will guide you. Like if we really trust who he is, he will guide you along that path. It'll be hard at times. It'll be discouraging at times. Other times it'll be super exciting. Like the others have said that you'll learn new things and you'll think, wow, this makes me think. But don't feel like you have to rush. Uh, God, he sees you. He understands. And also I hope you, you realize even just this podcast is evidence that whatever thing you're questioning or wondering or don't understand, there are other people who can relate. You are not alone in that journey. You are, you do have a community that you can talk to that. Yeah. You can reach out to us. You can, I hope you can find people local to you. Look for them. They're out there and, and have faith, but God understands he is patient and he loves you and we will get there together. Alrighty, this is Nay again, and I know that a lot of people are wondering 
what's up with space makers is there going to be a season two um are we going to continue are we not going to continue and we have an answer for you and that is we don't know ladies and gentlemen we really don't um so honestly being real um which is what we want to do 100% of the time is that this was a lot um if you <laughs> you've gotten this far you know that this has been a lot and it's a lot of work, especially for the gates who basically do everything and edit. We just show up and look pretty and they do all of the work behind the scenes. <laughs> and so. And Meegs does social media too. <laughs> yeah. Megan does the social media and does an amazing job with that. Um, but really, you know, we have no idea um, what's in the store. We're going to take a little break because um, again, background, we record every couple of weeks. And then, um, Devin is about edit and we also have to get guests and it's a lot to think about thought processes. And we also, again, want to come correct. And we want to make sure that what we bring to the table is worth all of y'all sitting down for. So, um, like I said, there's different options that we're kind of going over and we're going to, you know, talk about. And one of them is having a season two. Um, where we tackle different issues that um, we're excited about. And all of us might be here um, for season two, or half of us might be here for season two, or it might be that there's some new voices, you know, that you guys haven't heard before that's going to join the Space Makers team. We really haven't um, decided exactly what we want to do. There might not be a season two um, because life is crazy, y'all you know, so we really don't know. We do, you know, want to come back if we can, because we really love doing all of this. Um, but we're just going to kind of see, um, what God does. We're all going to pray about it. We're all going to, um, really just try to listen to the spirit and see, um, if it would be beneficial to have a season two, or if we just kind of want to leave you guys, um, with this so that you guys can start your own conversations, you know, continue to have those. And, um, we might just kind of pop up to do something here or there maybe, or again, it might be a full blown season two. So we will let you guys know as we kind of figure it out and continue to live our lives. But we love you guys all very, very much and are very, very grateful for the platform that you guys have given us. Um, the way that you guys have changed our lives, the ways that you've allowed us into your brains and into your hearts and into your ministries. Um, we're all very, very grateful and really hope that this was um, helping you in whatever process you're in, whether you're just starting to heal, whether you're deconstructing currently, whether you had never heard about deconstructing until this, and this was kind of a catalyst for you, whether you're reconstructing or whether you're just trying to hear a different perspective, we're grateful for all of it and um, really urge you to stay close to God and to really um, find ways that you personally connect with him, despite what other people might tell you. So thanks. Thanks, Nay. Yeah, we basically have no idea what we're doing. So <laughs> um, I think we're just listening to the spirit. And I think if I could even add some words of just some like suggestions for if you are reconstruct reconstructing, like I think it kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, us not knowing what tomorrow looks like and 
you know, it's kind of that, like, give us this day, our daily bread. And like, you know, what do we need today? What do we need to do today? And I think that's like totally fine. And I think even with reconstructing, it's like, you don't have to make things so finite and so black and white. And so like, oh, this is what I'm going to do with, you know, church or with my beliefs about God or whatever it is like, you know, maybe, maybe if, if, grace is real. And if God loves us, then maybe we can kind of figure things out as we go along and maybe God's love covers all that. And I think, you know, if you are in this space of like, Oh, what do I do now after reconstructing or after deconstructing, you know, again, like find community. I think we definitely need to do it together. We'll link a lot of resources, um, as we always do in the show notes. Um, I think there's a lot to be said about religious and church trauma. I'm not saying everyone has had it, but I think if you feel like, you have a lot of feelings you don't know what to do with. I think therapy is amazing and you'd be surprised how much therapists are so equipped to talk about religious trauma because they've seen it a lot because this is something that happens everywhere in every religion and every, you know, like it just happens a lot. Um, and so I think, you know, finding your safe places where you can ask questions, finding safe places where, um, people, you have friends that will call you, <laughs> call you out. If you're, you know, if you're going too crazy or if you're not doing something, um, in a healthy way, like, I think those are great things to do. I think exercising rest, exercising. Okay. What does it mean if God loves me? I think these are all amazing things. If I could just suggest for where to go from here, you know? Um, and I think there's so many amazing, amazing resources that even if this is the end of space makers, which I'm not saying it is, but if it is, I think you will be perfectly in good hands with all the amazing podcasts that we can like link in the show notes, all the amazing books that you can go read, um, all the amazing conversations that you can just start with your friends or your community. Um, there's just so much God is everywhere. And I think it's, it can be this beautiful journey. And I think you'll be surprised where you can find God in these spaces that you didn't know that you could. Um, and so, yeah, um, I guess we can just all kind of say our little thank yous and goodbyes. Cause this is, you know, the end of season one. And I guess I'm just, I'm really grateful and I'm so, so grateful for everyone who's listened, especially if you are a skeptic and you've listened to all the, <laughs> to the end. Thank you. <laughs> if you're uncomfortable and you kept listening, thank you. Um, if you are listening and you agree with everything, but you kept on listening, like, I don't know. I just, I'm so amazed by our wide read, our, not readership, but lis listenership. <laughs> um, and so humbled by the fact that you would even want to come listen to our podcast. Um, does anyone else have anything to say to close out? We love you guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. We're so Thanks. grateful. Thanks. Thank We're upset. Visit me in London. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yay. Bye. Done. Done. <laughs> 2,000 years later, John's call remains a wilderness call, a cry from the margins. Because we religious types are really good at building walls and retreating to temples. 
We're good at making mountains out of our ideologies, obstructions out of our theologies, and hills out of our screwed up notions of who's in and who's out, who's worthy and who's unworthy. We're good at getting in the way. Perhaps we're afraid that if we move, God might use people and methods that we don't approve of, that rules will be broken and theologies questioned. Perhaps we're afraid that if we get out of the way, this grace thing might get out of hand. Well, guess what? It already has. Grace got out of hand the moment the God of the universe hung on a Roman cross and with outstretched hands looked out upon those who had hung him there and declared, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Rachel Held Evans, Searching for Sunday. I've always seen the spacemakers as the very, very tip of an iceberg. We might be the part that you see, but we are the smallest fraction of people who have been asking these questions and feeling these things. You might be hearing the seven of us and thinking that we're crazy or prideful or whatever you want to think. And you can think that. But our experiences that we're sharing, our questions we've been asking, are not exceptions, but rather just pieces of large patterns. There are people who question. There are people who are hurt. There are gay Christians. There are abuse survivors. There are church kids who don't find church to be safe. There are minorities who need their voices heard. And if we dismiss any of the least of these, I believe we're dismissing Christ. Just to clarify, we're not saying that everyone needs to leave at all. Half of us are still in the ICOC. And this is not a bash session on our particular church. We never wanted it to be that. We acknowledge that the ICOC has done a lot of good for us and has has people that we love and will be grateful for the rest of our lives. But we can both be grateful for the good and decide on a different path for our lives moving forward. Again, that's just us. Again, we're not saying that people need to think or do what we're thinking or doing, but we're just wanting to share our experiences so that maybe there will be more space for people who have similar ones. We wanted to ask the hard questions so that other people feel like they can too. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about making space. It means not only inviting everyone unconditionally, no matter who they are to the table. It means not only giving people who are marginalized a seat, but also giving them a mic. It means knowing that a bigger God with unbounding love and immeasurable and overflowing grace that maybe prioritizes people over rules, friendships over memberships, and love over absolutely everything results not in the watering down of Christianity, but in the fulfillment of it. Maybe it means to make space for yourself. Maybe you've pushed down things because you thought your hurts were wrong, your opinions invalid, your identity a weakness, or your inability to fit in sinful. Maybe you need to make space for yourself to think differently than what you were taught or than your leaders, to make space and push boundaries because you want to discover a graceful God, to speak up and be seen in order to see God in you to love those on the margins and to see how God is in them, to try things, to listen to the spirit, to dare to ask the questions God is surely big enough to answer. Us here at Spacemakers are all trying these different things with you. It's been a crazy year. 
I've listened to countless stories from churches around the world, sat at the feet of some of the most well-known minds in the ICOC, and have wrestled with my faith in a more honest and real way than I ever could have imagined. My faith this year feels like I was in an ocean and now I'm coming up for air. And I don't know what this podcast has done for you. It may have done more good for me and the space makers than anyone. I don't know. But I just hope that somewhere along the way, you heard a new perspective you haven't thought of, or you gained empathy for an experience you didn't understand. And like we said, we don't know where this journey is going to take us. We don't know what season two will look like, or even if there will be one. So uh, let us know if you do want us to come back. Or if you even want to hear from us anymore because we aren't all ICOC members. If you do, um, we need your help figuring out what that should look like. Like I said, we're just the tip of the iceberg and this has always been a group effort. So we definitely want your feedback. As always, we're linking resources in the show notes. If you enjoyed our podcast and wanted more content that is similar, we've got a Goodreads group with book recommendations, as well as a Facebook group with discussions where you can meet other listeners. If you want some tools for a refreshing way to view the Bible with a more biblical and cultural context, of course, I've got to recommend our friend Marty Solomon's podcast, Bema. If you're interested in learning more about harmful church culture and even toxic leadership, go over to the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. If you want more about deconstruction in general, the Deconstructionist podcast is awesome. And if you want to hear more from some people in this group, go follow the Lifeline LA Instagram page. Oh, and if you find yourself even wondering about whether or not your faith community is the right place for you, I highly suggest the book Searching for Sunday by Rachel Held Evans. I've quoted that book a few times throughout our podcast, and it was life-changing for me and my family. That book and a lot more like it are linked in our Goodreads. So I wanted to end by thanking you. Thank you if you listened when it got hard. Thank you if you listened even if you already knew all of this. Thank you for listening even if you were mad at us or disagreed with us. Thank you for our listeners who shared it with their parents or their friends, to those who started conversations with their leaders, or to the leaders who started conversations with church members. We are so grateful for you all coming to our space.